Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and tune in for inspired conversations with publisher Linda Joy on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Linda creates sacred space for leading female luminaries, empowering authors, heart-centered female entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. A soulful venue where guests openly share the fears and obstacles they've overcome, wisdom and lessons learned, and the personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world. Inspired conversations to empower you on your path to authentic, soulful living. Welcome to Inspired Conversations. I'm your host, Linda Joy, and I am so excited to have Danielle Delsky here with me. Danielle is the author of Woman Most Wild, an artist, yoga teacher, energy worker, and founder of Living Mandala Yoga, teacher training programs. She leads women's circles, witchcraft workshops, and energy healing trainings in lives right here on the East Coast. I'm in Massachusetts. She is in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And you can find out more about her at DanielleDolsky.com. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you, Linda. Very happy to be here. Well, I wanted to chat about you. I saw um, you on Shan's um, recent um, Goddess Talk sessions. I received a copy of your book, and really wanted to just dive into the conversation because we hear so much, I see it so much in my community about witch and wild woman spirituality and what it means, Mm. but I think a lot of people are left with questions and and quite honestly, maybe some judgments, right? And I want to talk about it, right? And that's what I love about this show is having conversations that awaken women to the truth of who they are. and, And I believe there are all paths to to our truth, right? And yes. that's why I wanted to have this conversation. So why don't we dive in with how you define the word witch? Right. So a witch really is anyone, so, you know, regardless of, of gender, um, anybody who meets both of two conditions. <laughs> and those are that they, first of all, practice witchcraft. So, and that means different things to different people, but that that whoever is calling themselves a witch actually practices witchcraft. So you can practice witchcraft without being a witch. Um, I have very dear friends that will will probably never call themselves witches that practice witchcraft more often than I do. (laughs) So, So practicing witchcraft does not in itself make you a witch. The other condition is that you have claimed the name witch for yourself. So rather than having somebody give it to you from some kind of an external authority figure um, that you really have have claimed that name for yourself, whether or not you're telling other people, that doesn't matter, but that you really identify with the word witch for yourself and that you practice witchcraft. How did you, uh, tell us about your path and, and how you were led. Did you know at a young age, were you drawn 
Um, what was your unfolding like? Yeah, so I was raised um, pretty evangelical Christian. <laughs> and so um, I certainly didn't identify as a witch when I was younger because witches were something that were evil. But when you say drawn to it, I absolutely was drawn to it <laughs> when I was younger. And a lot of that was because I was being told it was something that was of the devil. So not just witchcraft, but also yoga, which is another thing that I've been practicing from a very young age. So you know, these practices that I was told, um, you know, were going to send me straight to hell, I was very much drawn to and certainly intrigued by. Um, I went to a born again Christian school. So, um, you know, every day and then and then church twice a week. So uh, I was being told that divinity was not only external, but also male. And so anything that was telling me the opposite of that, I found very interesting. <laughs> and so when I took my first yoga class and they said, the divine in me honors the divine in you, I thought, oh, well, that's something that's different. I haven't heard that before. Um, and then, you know, witchcraft, that was kind of a very slow evolution. And I think that, that my path is kind of a common one where you start with like the safe practices, the practices like, like angel oracle cards or something <laughs> or, or crystals, the things that seem like just a little bit softer. Um, and, and you just kind of start pushing your edge and pushing your edge and, and finding mentors, some of which are very positive influences and others are not and more like spiritual predators. So, so that was how my path really unfolded. And it was around when I was 25 and I had had my first son that I was really throwing myself into the craft as much as possible. I knew in my bones that I was a witch um, and I decided, and it was an actual like strategic decision during one of those dark night of the soul evenings when you're nursing your baby and it feels like you're like the only person in the world and it's very lonely. <laughs> um, where I decided, you know, if I want my son, this baby, to be as authentic as possible, then I need to stop hiding such a huge part of who I am. And I was hiding it. Like I was, you know, physically hiding all of my, my burning bowls and my herbs and all of that. So I decided that I just wasn't going to hide it anymore. And so it didn't come with this great proclamation that I was a witch it was made publicly or anything, but it did, um, you know, people would ask me what my spiritual path was, I started to tell them and, um, you know, and it kind of evolved from there. So finding my community and my circle and all of that, um, you know, happened after this decision that I was going to be as spiritually authentic as possible and not hide such a huge part of who I was. I love that. And that's what really my brands are all about, including Aspire Magazine, to get, about getting women to live from the inside out and connecting with their authentic voice and truth, whatever that may be, right? Right. And and to show up the way that they were created, the way their soul leads them to. And at, like I said at the beginning, every path is different, right? And who are we to judge yeah. any path? And that's why I love these conversations because, um, well, for one, I, I, I have a personal question. What's the difference with, I always hear the word pagan and witch. Is it the same or is it different? Or is pagan well, the path? Right. So, I mean, some people would tell you that there is no difference. For me, pagan is anything that isn't Christian. <laughs> so, so pagan is a really, really broad umbrella for me. Um, but, but, you know, witchcraft, you know, it's kind of the great question, like, 
and it's highly debated in the pagan community, is, is witchcraft like a leftover from pre-Christian Europe, or is it something that was really completely reinvented in the 20th century? Um, and I think that you can argue either side really effectively. <laughs> I've heard it argued very effectively. And for me, you know, the, the history of it doesn't matter so much. Um, it's be, because it's such an individualized practice. It's, it's, it's so much about how you uniquely express your core values in your magic and your spiritual path. And, and my core values don't match anybody else's. So, it, you know, every time you cast a spell, every time you conduct some kind of a ritual, whether it's just for yourself as a solitary practitioner or with another circle, are your values infused in that? Are, are you saying, this is the world I want the children of the future to live in? So, so my, you know, decision to kind of come out as a witch, that was where, what it was born from was, you know, I want my, my child to live in a world where he can be as authentic as possible. Not that he's going to be a witch probably, and that's becoming more and more apparent as he gets older, <laughs> but that I want him to be able to, you know, express who he is in, in whatever way, um, you know, he feels called to. So I think that, you know, that's the hallmark of witchcraft is, is just deep, like soul born authenticity and knowing that it doesn't have to match anybody else's witchcraft. So, you know, witches don't um, necessarily have to like mirror each other. And I think that, you know, finding your own community, your own wild circle where you can talk with each other about you know the different practices and the different spells that you cast and the different rituals that you're drawn to is so so important because then it starts to kind of dismantle this illusion that even within witchcraft everything has to be kind of universal i love that and you know i have one thing in 11 years of publishing aspire i have a, a wide audience so i mm -hmm. have um a community that would identify with witch, pagan, goddess, Christian. I have them all. And that's what I love, right? I love seeing mm -hmm. them own their truth. So what is the yeah. difference with goddess? People that follow the goddess path, because I even get confused on that sometimes, is because they do rituals, right? They do, yeah. they follow. Mm -hmm. What would you say the difference is between the goddess path and those who say, talk the goddess language, live the goddess message, what's the difference there? Yeah, so, I mean, some people might argue with me on this, but, but to me, witchcraft is a goddess path. I, I think that you can walk the goddess path without identifying as a witch, certainly, but, but witchcraft is a, a feminist spiritual system. So, so witchcraft is you know, of the earth. We work with the elements. We work with the cycles and the seasons. Um, we honor the body as holy, right? And so, so all of that is, is very much uh, feminist, so against oppression, spirituality. Um, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think that, you know, the, the spiritual predat spiritually predatory behavior within the witchcraft community or the pagan community is so, so damaging because the very roots of witchcraft are anti-oppression. So, you know, when we're, 
you know, saying that it has to be all one way, or we're trying to structure maybe covens very hierarchically, hierarchically, and so there's this kind of disempowering vibe to particularly newer, younger members, that that's really, really so damaging, because it has to be feminist, it has to be against oppression. And so, you know, not having anything to do with gender, but, but having to, to do, having everything to do with, um, you know, honoring the body as holy, the emotions as holy. Um, if you don't resonate with the maiden mother crone terminology, which is very in there in terms of the goddess path, right? But in witchcraft, not everybody resonates with that maiden mother crone archetype, um, which is fine, because I think that, you know, if you look at these aspects of the feminine that we're trying to harvest and empower right now, um, and, you know, especially right now, yes. <laughs> with the political climate being the way it is, um, then it doesn't really matter what you call them, because it's, it's all about, you know, um, environmental consciousness and, and sensuality and emotional integrity and authentic voice. And so it doesn't matter if you call them maiden mother crone or, or hunter father sage. It's just what are those traits that we're trying to harvest and honor within the global community? And, and um, you know, how can we kind of infuse them into our magic? Mm, I love this. I love how you can, you're breaking down and helping us understand on a deeper level how this all fits because this could be so many of my listeners who want to ask these questions, just didn't have anyone to turn to. So thank you. And when we come back yeah, from a break, welcome. I want to talk more about a phrase I hear you use that I just love, wild woman spirituality. <laughs> and we'll be back in a moment. This is Linda Joy, and you're listening to Inspired Conversations. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Inspiration for a Woman's Soul. Aspire Magazine. Inspiring and supporting women on the path of self-discovery. Claim your free digital subscription today, which includes access to thousands of dollars of personal development bonus gifts from Team Inspiration Partners. Claim your Aspire Magazine subscription today at subscribetoaspire.com. Are you trying to get from point A to point B and need a little advice? Connect with the counselors at Ohm Times Advisors. Whether you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual intuitive, the advisors participating at advisors.ohmtimes.com were carefully chosen based on their gifts, skills, and professionalism. Ohm Times Advisors, connecting you with the best advisors in the business. Do you have time to read that inspiring book? that blog post you've been meaning to get to in your business with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world. How do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. We've got more food than we know what to do with in this country, yet 17 million kids in America are struggling with hunger. Makes no sense. Luckily, the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks has volunteers gathering excess food and getting it to hungry kids. They're kind of like food angels. Hey, become a food angel yourself by supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is OTRFM, part of the IOM Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspired Conversations. I'm your host, Linda Joy, and with me today is Danielle Dolsky, author of Woman Most Wild. You can learn more at daniellodolsky.com. So I'm really enjoying this conversation, Danielle, and one of the phrases I've, I've seen and heard you use is wild woman spirituality. Um, explain it and then share how it relates to being a witch. Mm-hmm. So, so wild woman spirituality is this idea that we all have an inherent wildness, right? So, so we all have these, these parts of our psyche that we very much strategically suppress during childhood <laughs> because they aren't particularly socially acceptable. And so it's, it's going against the idea, like you, you, we're talking about um, the judgment that comes with this, this idea of, of the wild woman. Um, a lot of that judgment is born from our indoctrination as far as what wild means. And so we think of wild as being out of control. We think of wild as being unpredictable. We think of wild as being immature or selfish, right? And so the, but the wild woman isn't any of those things. <laughs> so a lot of the, the articles that I've seen, you know, that are kind of trying to dismantle wild woman spirituality, they're coming at it from a perspective that the wild woman is, is kind of selfish and like a wanderer and she'll like go off and leave her families and, and hurt people and, and be kind of careless with her relationships. And, and I think that anyone that identifies as a wild woman knows that that's not true, <laughs> that we are very much compassionate and capable of maintaining all kinds of familial relationships. Um, but it's, it's honoring the parts of yourself that cycle very naturally. So, you know, one of the most um, damaging phrases I think that we use is, is, well, that's not like you. And I think that, you know, our parents tell us that a lot when we're younger. Well, that, that's not like you. Why did you do that? And it's like, you know, who are you to say that that's not like me? <laughs> yeah, because so, we all have so shadow and light, right? So, right, right, exactly. So, so, you know, to be wild is to know that we cycle all the time, that I'm not going to go to bed tonight the same woman that I woke up as this morning, that we're constantly changing, and that the, and that the natural cycles, the seasons, and also the moon, they, they have everything to do with that. 
And so wild woman spirituality isn't about, you know, learning these kind of norms, like, like, you know, you always feel empowered at the full moon or, or, or whatever, whatever those, those kind of um, norms are presented as not learning those and kind of adapting to them, but rather learning how those different cycles in nature affect you personally, very much dependent on where you live also. So for instance, for me, it, the summer for me is kind of a very dark time <laughs> spiritually, which is not the same for everyone, right? So it's not this high fire time for me. It's this kind of, um, you know, that's my time to kind of go inward. So versus fall, autumn right now, I feel incredibly energetic and, and empowered. And so I, I really try to schedule, you know, my, my heavy rituals, but also my work, you know, my, I know my work's going to be crazy. I try to schedule that in autumn as much as possible because I know I'll have more energy. So, so the wild woman basically is just very much in tune with her cycles. And then she's also very much an activist, right? So, so this is something that is kind of a, a, you know, new, newer. So from the, you know, mid seventies or so, um, incarnation of witchcraft, which is the witch as activist, the wild woman as activist. So she is casting her spells in order to birth the world that she hopes will come into being one day. She is standing up for the earth and for, for you know, the, the um, a, a oppressed population. She is you know, using her voice in, in ways that she feels as authentic as possible. And it's not selfish. So it's not just this idea of the wild woman or the witch, like, you know, carving prosperity symbols into a candle in her kitchen and, and trying to invoke, you know, money for herself or something like that. It's not just that. It's, it's also, you know, having her stand up for the global community. Um, so it's always like, you know, looking at the cycles, having them inform your magic, but then also using your magic to birth the world of the future into being that you hope will come to fruition. That's beautifully said. There's a, there's a um, paragraph of yours I'd love to read because I, I just thought it was so beautifully um, said. And you wrote, witchcraft is a spiritual practice of wild communion, of acknowledging the kinship human beings have always had with the cyclical ways of the world. And for many of us, it's the precise medicine we need brew to remedy the ailing parts of ourselves, our environment, and our global community. I think that really encapsulates everything you just shared about what wild woman spirituality is. Yeah, right. So, so you know, in, in many ways, it's like the opposite of, of this perception of the wild woman as being very selfish <laughs> because it's not that at all. It's, um, it, you know, that, that, that perspe perspective that the wild woman is selfish, that comes from, you know, she knows herself. She, you know, has, has dug really deeply into the wounds of childhood and, and you said shadow and light. So, you know, she knows these parts of herself that might seem very dark and, and so were rejected during her younger years and has really tried to harvest them. So, so it's not selfish, it's, it's self-knowledge like to the nth degree. <laughs> I like that self-knowledge. And and I also like what you had shared earlier is that comment that a lot of parents is that's not like you. That's like saying when your shadow side comes up, I'm judging, you know, you're being judged for it. So what happens is you stuff it down. 
And then you never, yeah. you never really truly in balance, in balance, when you stuff it down because we are all light and dark. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, shadow work is, is some of the hardest work I think that we can do psychologically. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of makes you rethink who you are when you start doing it. Um, and so it's, it's very difficult, but, you know, when you think of shadow and light as just like the ultimate selfhood, um, you know, it should be empowering. It should, should make you feel more free. So, you know, in terms of yoga, like seeking out obstacles to freedom and removing them, that's shadow work. Like, you know, shadow, the, the suppression of the dark and the shadow is such a huge obstacle to freedom. And it's one that's, you know, often completely ignored in the new age community, unfortunately. Because I, it's more about the light you're saying. And not looking yeah. at the dark. Yes, the ascent of the ego versus the descent into the lower chakras. Now, how did yoga become? It was you always drawn. Was you drawn to yoga first, and then this path, or was it just both intricately connected? Yeah, so definitely yoga first. Um, you know, witchcraft was still something that was very scary. I, I guess I did have my first tarot cards and was hiding them under my bed before I took my first yoga class. But I was very young when I took my first yoga class and my mom was telling me that it was evil. So <laughs> I really wanted to do it. And so I had my dad um, who didn't share my mother's religion. So my dad signed the liability release for me because I was so young, I couldn't take a class on my own. And the, the class itself, I don't remember that much other than I know the teacher was amazing and she was using words that I didn't understand and all of that. Um, but I remember the end of the class when everybody's kind of getting up to leave, the teacher, Kiran Mishra, who is actually a really um, famous yoga teacher um, here on the East Coast. So it's weird that I was able to take my first class, class with her at 12 or 13 years old in kind of this backwoods yoga studio <laughs> in wow. Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. So it was definitely, you know, divine destiny somehow. But she was telling this story just about, you know, driving home and seeing this deer cross the road. And she was talking about it like it was the most mystical experience she'd ever had. And so she's telling this story. And I just remember thinking, I want to look at the world the way this woman looks at the world. <laughs> like, I want to be this woman, right? So, you know, we talk about the shadow, but we have golden shadows too, right? Like, <laughs> those people that we meet or that we're like, oh my God, they're the most amazing person in the world. So that was who she was for me just in those, um, you know, few minutes when she's telling this story. So yoga and and then, you know, saying namaste and talking about the divinity of the body and versus my religion was very much, you know, suppressed the instincts of the body and the needs of the body. So, you know, all of this was very new. It felt a little bit scary because it was everything that I was being told was wrong. But yes, yoga was very much kind of my bridge between you know, Christi the Christianity of my childhood, the born again, fundamental Christi Christianity and witchcraft, which came during my late teenage years. So, you know, a lot of like this kind of, and she was a tantric yoga teacher too. So a lot of, you know, the, the, the body and, and the food and, and these kind of mundane 
these things that we think of as mundane, which are really just like the inherent feminine, um, you know, talking about them as if they were holy and sacred. And I just thought like, that's everything. Like that is what I've been looking for. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, it instantly um, connected with your truth. And then yeah, that, that's right. what I'm hearing. Absolutely. And when we come back, I want to talk about the three keys to liberate in the witch within and why you believe they're important. And we'll be back in a moment with Danielle Dolsky, author of Woman Most Wild. You can learn more at DanielleDolsky.com. Free your mind. Expand your soul. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Are you being called to step into your truth and embrace your divinity? Are you ready to align your heart and soul, live an authentic life, and become a divine magnet for love and abundance? It's time to listen to your inner wisdom and clear the blocks holding you back from your best life. Leading intuitive prosperity coach, Akashic Records practitioner, and evidential medium, Jamie Hearn of LiveYourDivinity.com empowers and supports spiritual women like you to align your inner and outer worlds, embrace your soul's truth, and live your divinity. Through her intuitive gifts, grounded wisdom, and empowered coaching, Jamie guides women back into sacred alignment with their truth. Visit LiveYourDivinity.com to learn more about Jamie's empowering programs and to schedule an Akashic Record reading. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Hi everyone, this is Shay Parker, the host of Best of the Best, which airs live right here on IOM Radio every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm super excited to bring you expert guest hosts, spiritual discussions, free psychic readings, and so much more. I can promise that you will not want to miss this one-of-a-kind, fun, yet touching down. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On the Earth Show. Join us every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on OTRFM. This is Shay Parker, and I can't wait to see you there. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, 
is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Hi, you're listening to Inspired Conversations. I'm your host, Linda Joy, and with me today is the author of Woman Most Wild, Danielle Dolsky. She's also an artist, yoga teacher, energy worker, and founder of Living Mandala Yoga Teacher Training Programs. So, Danielle, what are the three keys to liberating the witch within? What have you discovered in the work you've been doing, your own path, but as well as the work you've been doing with, in the world, um, about this, and why are these three keys so important? Mm. Yeah, so, you know, the, the this book was kind of born out of the work that I started doing with women um, where I live here in, in Pennsylvania. And, you know, it was primarily yoga teacher trainings, but then also women's circles and moon circles. And so what I started to notice was, and I was, I was very much afraid, I should say, of having a circle up until um, about not even 10 years ago, so really nine years ago. Um, because I had had such a negative experience when I first came out as a witch with a kind of predatory coven. So I had this, I had this experience where I was like, well, I'm never going to have a circle again. I'm never going to (laughs) tell anybody what I do. I'm running back screaming into the broom closet. So, so I did have this kind of, you know, wounding of community, um, pretty soon after my coming out as a witch. Um, but, but, you know, th- those kind of resolutions where I was never going to have a circle again, they lasted about five minutes because <laughs> as soon as I started working with, with women after I moved back to Pennsylvania. So I had lived in Florida for a while and that was where the wounding had occurred. But when I moved back to Pennsylvania and I was working with these women, um, you know, not in any way that I would call witchcraft, but when they would do things like, talk about the moon or, or, you know, clear a space or, or hold a wand, something like that. There would always be this sense of coming home. There was, you know, time and time again, women that, that had never talked about the essence of the directions before or, or casted a spell before they would have this sense of like, I know how to do this already. And, and then that was interesting to me because that was really like, Oh, it's not just me that has this really kind of visceral in the blood kinship with this, with these things. It, it is really a kind of common experience among women. And then there would come this question of like, well, so now that I'm drawn to this, what do I do with it? And so it was women really looking for this practical solution to or practical step-by-step plan <laughs> to how to embrace their inner witch. And so the, the book and the, that idea of the three keys, that really was my answer to that. Like, how do I kind of come up with a practical step-by-step plan to embrace your inner witch, which is a you know, path that kind of defies all practicality. Um, so the first key, wild rhythm is is one of the most important pieces so so wild rhythm is what i was talking about before so looking at the way nature cycles solar and lunar 
really affect you personally. And it's kind of like, like inventory taking, like you really do go back into your life experience and look at, you know, how do you usually feel during autumn? Um, what are some common patterns? Do you, do you always move house during autumn? Like things like that. And, and looking at, you know, the way your, your, your maiden mother crone traits or your feminine traits kind of cycle within you at different times of, of the month, but then also the year, and then using those to inform not only your magic, but also your sacred work. So meaning, you know, whatever you believe you're here to do right now. And then the second key is wild ritual. So wild ritual then is your magic and your spellcraft. And so, you know, spellcraft is all about, like I said before, like infusing your values into it, but you also have to really believe that you can do it. <laughs> so, so women that come from a kind of spiritually disempowering background like me, that's a huge hump to get over is you really have to believe that you have the right to affect change in your world. And so, you know, if you have, you know, this idea that, that your will has been defeated or that you don't really have the right to do this, then that can, that can really affect, the, you know, the power of your witchcraft, of, of your spellcraft. So it is, um, it, it's, a, it's a practice. So you keep doing it. You find what works. Um, you know, going back to wild rhythm, if you love to write, then writing should very much be a part of your spellcraft. If you love to paint, then that should be a part of your spellcraft. So it's always trying to make your witchcraft unique to you, particular to your soul, soul's gifts and passions and powers, right? And then the final key is wild circle. And wild circle is probably the most controversial one as far as the, the witchcraft community goes, because it isn't that I'm saying you are less of a witch if you're a solitary practitioner. It's that if you have a circle, so a circle of meaning, a circle of people, a circle of, I call them like-minded seekers, but a circle of people that you can really come together with. And even if you're not casting spells together, it's a circle of people that you can talk to about your spiritual journey and claim your right to speak and be heard without feeling like you're going to be judged and, and, you know, talked about outside of the circle and all of that. So it's a, you know, a safe space, a community space where you can really put magic alongside the mundane. So you can talk about these very mystical things like spellcraft, but then also put those alongside things like, you know, having to take your dog to the vet or whatever. So, you know, it's, 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 when you do that, it integrates your spirituality into your everyday life rather than just have your witchcraft be kind of like this extra layer that's kind of slathered on top <laughs> of the rest of your life that never really gets woven together. So those are the three keys, wild rhythm, knowing the way nature cycles affect you, wild ritual, your spellcraft and your, and your ritual. And then finally, wild circle, which is coming together with like-minded seekers and being able to really put your magic alongside these mundane, everyday things. I think it's so beautiful. Just, I could feel the energy and I could feel, I love what you said about wild rhythm, tapping into the solar and lunar cycles in a way, mm -hmm. in learning how they affect you. Because I have girlfriends and, and I do this, I actually launch my projects around the moon cycles and... I am not as educated as a lot of people. It's just my innate knowing. I call up one of my business managers who follows this path, and I go, what is the moon again? And then I tap in. But <laughs> I notice how I feel. Like right now, our conversation, it's full harvest moon today at the time of this taping. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm like on fire, right? With yeah. creativity. Had my uh, quarterly planning session yesterday, and mm-hmm. I look forward to it now because, like you said about you, um, not like in summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the opposite of you, of you right? I live mm-hmm. for summer. I and I pout <laughs> in the winter time. But you've learned yeah. what, what your cycles are, and I've learned what mine are. So part of Wild Rhythm is really learning it and embracing how we're affected by these, uh, the solar and lunar. Yeah, and, and just like you said, like, and then use that as a power source. So not necessarily, you know, so for instance, for me, like knowing that the summer is kind of my low time, I could let that be very disempowering. I could let that. <laughs> yeah, you could judge yourself as. In- as lazy or unmotivated, yeah. and that's what I see happen all the time. They don't understand they're being affected by the the moon. So I see women judging themselves. I'm like, have you ever thought of just tapping in and listening to your body? Right, exactly, because that is where the power comes from. You know, don't feel defeated by it because it's so empowering to know what your unique cycles are. And, and then, you know, and then not to let that knowledge trap you, though. So, you know, I could, you know, a couple of years from now, maybe summer will be my high fire time. I don't know. <laughs> it's never been that way before, but I'm open to change. So, you know, it's, it's not letting it feel like it's caging you either, that knowledge. It's using it as a real power source, but then letting it be kind of, um flexible so so you know continual examination instead of just like one quick inventory and then you know not revisiting <laughs> and I love that and I and I've personally unfolded gradually on all of this but I really believe it and I think I came to believe it because I could feel the difference at certain moon cycles in my energy mm-hmm. my creativity um, my body and and then when I compare 20 years ago, before I had that knowledge, I can see at those times in the cycle, I would judge myself as being lazy or unmotivated. Why can't you get this done? And it was just because I was lacking all the information to know yeah. how I'm wired. Right. How I'm yeah, wired, I should absolutely. say, in relation to the solar and lunar, right? And in the whole combination, it doesn't mean we're all meant to be the same and going to be affected the same way as you and I just shared. But I'll tell you, it gave me such a deeper understanding of of how to use the energies to create the life that I want to create. Mm-hmm. And to be able to show up yeah. fully, um, fully and authentically and in my power without those disempowering thoughts of judging myself. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think, you know, and, 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 you know, the beauty of having like just, you know, you saying that you're the opposite of me, like that's so important because when you, you know, read an article or, or you see, you know, someone that seems like they know what they're, they're talking about and, and they say that, you know, they feel one way, it can make you feel like, well, why don't I feel that way? And that's, that's not really, that doesn't serve you at all. <laughs> you know, like to know what somebody else's, how somebody else's cycles um, are different from yours and then look at, you know, both ways as valid. That's everything. Um, but I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of language um, in, you know, in, well, in every community, every spiritual community, I think there's a lot of language where it's like, you know, you should be this way. 
so, you know, for women, sometimes it's like, you should ovulate at the full moon, you should you know, bleed at the new moon or whatever, but that's so not true for a lot of women. <laughs> and so it can feel really like really disempowering. It can make you feel, you know, a little bit weaker when you don't match what you're perceiving to be the norm as. So in terms of wild woman spirituality, it's like, there is no norm. Look, look at, look at what you do and, and, and go from there. Exactly. So thank you for sharing all that. When we come back for our last segment, um, I want to talk about if if you're open to sharing some advice for people who who are really resonating with all this. And I love the term you use, um, spiritual broom closet, right? If they're still in the broom closet, but are really thinking about coming out as a witch, I'd love to hear any advice you have um, when we come back from our final break. Mm-hmm. And I will be back in a moment with today's guest, Danielle Dulski of DanielleDulski.com. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Beautiful one, if you're living your life by default and feeling disempowered, disconnected, and disenchanted, it's time to tap into your goddess power and use that divine energy to create the magical life of your dreams. As part of the Goddess Lifestyle Alchemy Program, Creatrix Lisa Marie Rosati guides you through the 12 aspects of your life while tapping into the archetypes, the four elements, the divine, and practical magic. By connecting to the divine and working with universal laws, your life suddenly shifts from going through the motions and struggles to seeing divine love and purpose in all aspects of your life. If you're ready to design your magical life, visit Lisa at GoddessLifestylePlan.com for an abundance of supportive resources. Are you trying to get from point A to point B and need a little advice? Connect with the counselors at Ohm Times Advisors. Whether you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual intuitive, the advisors participating at advisors.omtimes.com were carefully chosen based on their gifts, skills, and professionalism. Ohm Times Advisors, connecting you with the best advisors in the business. Me, a cat, moving in with a new human. It took a little getting used to. She has these weird games she likes to play, like this giant feather. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. It's almost like she thinks I enjoy it. But seeing how much fun she gets out of it, well... I guess it makes it all worth it. Humans. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspired Conversations. I'm your host, Linda Joy. And we're having an amazing conversation today with the author of Woman Most Wild, Danielle Dolsky. So in this last segment, Danielle, is there any advice that you would give for women um, who are a little bit scared about coming out as a witch? Yes. Um, I think that, and, and what I usually say is there, there's always this, um, when, you, when you're starting to come out as a witch, depending on where you are with your craft, but if you're like brand new and, and you're just starting to kind of play with it a little bit, um, not to rush too quickly to finding a spiritual mentor. 
And I say that because it's important to be able to stand on your own two feet in your craft, to know enough about your cycles and what you're drawn to in your magic and, and what you're really looking for in terms of philosophy um, and training before you go to find a mentor. Because the, the diversity in the witchcraft community as far as you know, learning and mentorship goes is absolutely immense. And unfortunately, there's also a lot of, of spiritual, spiritually predatory behavior um, in any spiritual community, but, but even in the pagan community, it's there. So it's important to be able to, you know, kind of investigate enough on your own before you rush to look for a spiritual mentor. And so, and I'm not saying that, that spiritual mentorship is, is like negative or anything. I think that it's a beautiful thing and that you, you do need to kind of, um, you find somebody that can inspire and, and, and empower you. That's the biggest thing. Um, but before you do that, to really look back into your life experience. So to look back into particularly those moments from childhood when you really felt like you were the most you you could possibly be, right? Those moments when you really felt your body, mind, and spirit were engaged in the same action when you were really living your truth. And then look for the patterns in those moments. So, you know, the moments from childhood all the way up till now, regardless of how old you are, look for those moments when you really felt like you were the most you, and then look for the patterns in those things. And, you know, in, is there a lot of creativity in there? And, and then what kind of creativity? Are you always um, or are you sometimes writing? Are you sometimes painting? Are you sometimes singing or dancing? Um, is there a lot of nature in there? Are you, are you always outside? Are you, um, you know, always near water? Something like that. So, so look for these very common patterns because they are different for everyone. And those moments are very much huge keys and clues to soul's purpose. And all of those things will then make your magic and your spellcraft that much more authentic, right? So you know that if you love, you know, writing and dancing, for instance, then your spell work could use dancing for, for energy raising and, and writing for, for, you know, the chanting or something like that. So, so look for those moments when you really felt authentically you, and then those will inform your craft. And then that will keep you from falling into one of these kind of common pitfalls for newer witches, which is, um, you know, that one day that you wake up <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to do anything. I know it's the full moon, but I'm not casting any spells today. So clearly this is not for me. <laughs> and then they never do it again because they feel like, you know, they, they, you know, it wasn't for them because there was that one day where they didn't feel like doing it. And our spirituality cycles, just like the rest of us does, so just like our health cycles and everything else cycles, our spirituality cycles. So there will be days when you're really, really into it. There'll be whole months or years maybe when you're really, really into it. And then there'll be these times that are kind of like the spiritual fallows where we don't really feel called to our craft and that that's okay. But when you, when you make your magic, um, you know, informed by those, those authentically you moments, then it is that much more meaningful for you and, and you don't fall away from it quite as easily as you would if, it, if you were just kind of mirroring somebody else's craft. I love that because it's about being true to yourself. Right, exactly. And it's so, you know, witchcraft is such a, a, an accessible and flexible practice. There's absolutely not one way to do it. And so, you know, it'll meet you where you are 
um, and, and, and where you are is really where you've always been. So it's like, look back into your life experience and into those, those things that you've always been drawn to and, and don't feel guilty if you, cause it's common to kind of look back at those moments and realize that you haven't had any of those moments <laughs> recently. So not feeling guilty about that either, because we can always, you know, infuse more of these, these feeling mind moments into our, into our everyday experience. I love your guidance um, because sometimes when we're curious about something, we allow our fears to hold us back, right? And you just gave yeah. them, our listeners um, who may be interested, permission um, to just take the first step, not to judge it, just to take the first step. Don't compare that first step with anyone else's first step. Right. Exactly. And, 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 you know, don't, don't look for, this is exactly what I did. And it's a lot of what, a lot, what a lot of newer witches do is, you know, we still look for somebody to tell us we're being a good girl <laughs> and that we're doing it right. And, you know, don't look for that right away. You don't need any external validation. It's just all about how you feel. I love it. It's like tapping in and going within and listening to your truth and not needing that outside validation. Um, Hmm. Not right. needing the outside validation to step onto the path. Right, exactly. And I think whatever path it is, I think a lot of us are guilty of that, right? We're like, oh, my God, you know, this is what she did, and if I don't do it that way, but then it becomes, it doesn't feel aligned with us, and as you said, then we don't do it. Right, right, exactly. And, and by um, honoring yeah, yourself and, and trusting that every step you take, you're going to learn something and you can always um, back up and take another path, you know, if you feel like you're doing something that doesn't feel authentic to you, but at least you're taking the first steps. Right. Yes, absolutely. We just have another, um, a little less than two minutes, um, Danielle, but if you could name a single message that your book, Woman Most Wild, is offering, what would it be? Hmm. Single message. So I think that, you know, the, the, the biggest thing, the most important thing as far as being a witch goes is feeling a real kinship with nature, right? So, so if you go back into those moments when you really felt like you were the most you, right? If you go back and you really have nature as a common theme, and it doesn't have to be this, you know, it doesn't have to be these kind of mystical moments watching the sunrise or, <laughs> or, or anything like that. It doesn't have to be these kind of like good story moments. Um, but these, the, you know, if you have a lot of nature in there, a lot of elements in there, a lot of water, fire, um, earth, air, ether, a lot of those moments in there, then maybe you really are being drawn towards the path of the witch. And so it is something that's worth exploring. And if you have that kind of in the gut, visceral, negative reaction to the word witch, then don't use that word, right? Because, you know, that visceral reaction comes from our indoctrination, which is very hard to unwind and let go of. So not letting that visceral reaction necessarily be an obstacle to your, your exploration of the craft. I love that because then we're allowing the old stories to, to set our path and the old bullcrap, basically. Right. Um, so thank you for clarifying that. And, and thank you for, for joining me today and, and opening my eyes as well as my audience's eyes to this um, whole magical path. It's funny because I sign a lot of my stuff 
and I've just been doing this for six months, you know, have a magical day, create a magical day. I just believe that we all have that that gift to be able to bring magic into our life in a way that aligns with who we are, right? So thank you for, um, you know, really clearly defining um, the path of the witch so that we can understand it on a deeper level. Yes, thank you, Linda. Oh, you're welcome. So I want you to invite, um, be sure to swing by Danielle's website at com and learn more about the sacred offerings she's sharing with the world. And I hope to have you here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for more inspired conversations. For even more inspiration, be sure you grab your free subscription to Aspire Magazine. It includes over 40 transformational gifts. You can do that at subscribe to aspire.com. Until next time, choose love, choose joy, and choose happiness, my friends. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Inspired Conversations with publisher Linda Joy. Join our sacred space every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern and meet leading female visionaries, empowering authors, heart-centered female entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. Inspired Conversations with Linda Joy is a soulful venue where guests share the obstacles they've overcome, along with wisdom and lessons learned on their personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world. Inspired Conversations to empower you on your path to authentic and soulful living.